Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here, and the playoffs are in full swing, which means that fantasy football season is sadly over, right? Wrong. With one week fantasy football at DraftKings, the fantasy football season does not stop until the games do. So while your season long league is done, it is not too late to draft a new team and start winning money while doing it. At DraftKings, there are so many different ways to play. You can choose from public contests with huge cash prizes or private contests where you can compete against your friends they even have beginner and casual contests where you can play against people of similar skill level and the best part is you get to draft a new team every week and drafting a team is arguably the best part of fantasy am i right aside from winning cash that is huge cash prizes and bragging rights await only at DraftKings. and right now just use the promo code bgnr at draftkings.com to play for free with your first deposit for your share of hundreds of thousands of dollars in total cash prizes this saturday but hurry saturday's gonna be here before you know it the eagles will be kicking off and then you'll forget about it so make sure to get to draftkings.com right now to choose your lineup and you can play for some serious cash on saturday that's promo Promo code BGNR, only at DraftKings.com. You're listening to BGN Radio. Ryan, with Coleman to his left. Ryan rolls. Ryan pumps. Ryan is throwing it up in the air. Incomplete! Incomplete! And Taylor for Jones. Incomplete! And the Eagles take over on downs with 58 seconds left. It's over. The clock ticks away the final seconds. And the Eagles have defeated the Atlanta Falcons 15 to 10. They are one win away from the Super Bowl. Championship game <laughs> nation. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Man, the Eagles pull it out on a nail biter on the last play of the drive. Where I'm yelling, maybe you let him score here. And what a dumbass I was. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Not to you, Vegas. You did the smart thing. You set the line for the underdogs. You got everybody fired up. And guess what? All you dumb assholes that put your <laughs> bets on the Falcons because they beat the coach of the year, Los Angeles Rams. You just got spanked. <laughs> you got Vegas so rich tonight. You, the betting public, are morons. 80% of you, go home. <laughs> go home just like Matty Ice and Julio Jones and the best duo in the country have all just been sent home packing and the eagles are heading 
to the NFC Championship game. James Seltzer, John Barchard, woo doggy. That's what I'm fucking talking about. I, like, dude, I am like ready to run through a wall right now. That was, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I can't even talk. I'm like, guys, we are going to the NFC Championship game. Atlanta. Hey, Atlanta. Hey, how's it feel? Suck it, Atlanta. I'm like out of control. I can't even like think straight. Shout out to the freaking fans in that building. You guys brought it tonight. You brought it. Doug Peterson, you brought it. The yes. defense brought it. And you know what? Nikki Foles brought Nikki it a little Foles bit there, baby. It. Like, uh, he that, didn't bring it for one half, but he brought it for the second one, which is fine by me. That was a a a gutty team win. That was the type of thing that was just, you know, this whole season, the beautiful season, the magical season, and Wentz going down to like watch that today. That was, it was fucking beautiful, John. That's what that was. You know what else is beautiful? You know how many playoff wins Dak Prescott has? <laughs> Zero! Yeah, you know how many playoff wins Nick Foles has? One! <laughs> there you go, baby. Look at that. He left the field with the lead and they No, no, no. It. He didn't leave the field with the lead. He left the field with a game-winning drive. Yeah, baby. He how about the, that? Actually, left the field after kneeling for a fucking win. I mean, oh, like, yeah, baby. That's beyond, true. Very man. true. He got out there. Anyway, dilly, dilly, silly, silly. Everything is crazy uh. here. It is BGN Radio number 293. We are live on Facebook, and if you are listening to the replay on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are out there, the five-star reviews definitely go a long way. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. And listen, this game started out so terribly. Oh, my God. You couldn't have scripted it any worse. Well, and the funny thing is we're sitting there in the Jet Row parking lot, which we'll be at next week, too, because there's another playoff You're game coming. damn right we will. And we're going, you know what? You know what we need? Just open it up and throw it deep. Who cares what happens? Just see where the Atlanta Falcons defense is at. And that is exactly what Doug did. The worst throw I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but it didn't matter because, as we said, the veteran presences of Alshon Jeffrey, of Torrey Smith, that can go out there and they can get a P.I. to start the game. Bang! You're like, okay, there you go. You're already in Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. territory. Give that to the J train. Let him run. Oopsie daisy. There's a fumble, <laughs> dude. I well, <laughs> turned into a, a long second down punt. The crazy thing is, we came in and said, all right, the Eagles have no margin for error. Can't make mistakes. Can't turn the ball over. They turned the ball over three times in the first half, and they still won this football game. Like, I think we underrated how much better this 52-man outside of the quarterback. And again, Nick Foles stepped up, made some huge throws in the second half. Alshon stepped up. Ertz stepped up. That whole offense stepped up, especially in the second half. But for this team to play like that in the first half, to come out and we saw a little bye week rust after all. We we totally forgot about it because all we worried about was Nick Foles and that whole thing. We saw saw some bi-week rust, some mistakes. The Eagles were simply a better football team today from number one to number 53, and there are 46 active guys. They dominated. It shouldn't have been that close. That game no, was way closer than it should yep. have been. Yeah, the mistakes got them there early, and you saw that. It was clearly evident. Um, Nick Foles couldn't really dig them out of there. Jay Ajayi, though, did, and his first half outside of the fumble, and yeah, there was a weird like little uh, jumble after that, which didn't make anybody... Uh, too happy, but at halftime, this guy's got 6.2 yards per carry. This is what Doug talked about for three weeks. This is what we talked about three weeks. Lead on Jay Ajayi. They do. He produces results. He was part of the reason why they were putting points on the board, and 
Yeah, man, Jake Elliott's just got to move back from now on. I know it's like fun <laughs> right. to joke about, and everyone has the same entire joke about Jake Elliott and be like, man, he just can't hit extra points. No, no, no. Move him back five yards. It's move every him time. Back 10 yards. Take a I don't penalty know what it or is. something. It, it is crazy. Obviously, hit the, the short one late that was huge, but. Um, you know, shout out to Jake Elliott. That was a huge kick at the end of that. Really got momentum back on their side, especially with Atlanta starting with the ball. But man, you mentioned it, Doug Peterson, Dougie P. We talked about it all week. That Doug had to come out and he had to make this MVP game his own. A hundred percent. I mean, he called a masterful game, a masterful game. He figured out what was working and he kept going to it, kept going to it, made it work. He's like, "Oh, Nick, all right, you feel comfortable doing RPOs? Okay, cool. RPOs. Let's roll. Whatever we." We got to do to move the ball, and man, he made adjustments. He had trick plays. We talked about the gadgets up. We're like, let, did, let Nelly do some weird stuff over the middle, some you know, kind of handoff juke type, you know, gadget type stuff. And he did that. I mean, I am I, for for his first playoff game as a head coach. I could not be more impressed with Doug Peterson. So now Doug Peterson has prevailed over losing an MVP candidate, losing over a left tackle Jordan Hicks, losing Darby. I mean, he was there. Uh, I'll stick with him for just a second. He was. I think he's probably better than the timeline and everybody else suggested that he was. I thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, Jalen Mills, again, up and down, but good enough. J- and that uh, one huge play. That yes. one huge play. I mean, he, Hardy was wide open. Wide if that open. ball gets past Mills, that could have been a touchdown. Could have changed Definitely. the entire game. So Mills had a, some rough spots, but a huge play there. Uh, but as far as Doug is concerned, I mean, this is this is exactly what everyone had asked for. And this isn't... This is a sign of a great coach when you look and go, yeah, he's looking at 2013 uh, tape and everybody kind of rolls their eyes a little bit. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 we, we get it. You're trying to find Nick Foles. But then it's there. You also go back to the Kansas City tape, just like James was talking about. And you look, how do they how do they get Tyreek Hill into the game? Now, Nelson Aguilar probably isn't as, as big as a threat, but he's got wheels. He's kind of like a running back hybrid uh, at the same time. That's how it works in the slot. And, and twice they went to it, even though it didn't work the second time. That's a, that's right out of Kansas City's playbook. Misdirection, uh, moving people all over the place. The it blocking almost, schemes, Now, it almost too. cost them, too. I mean, totally. uh, Nelson Aguilar runs into Corey Clement there. Nick Foles has enough awareness. Uh, and fast, Nick Foles. F- faster than Cam Newton, I might add. <laughs> and so heady. I mean, that was a <laughs> yeah, really That was a really great he play. Saw it, he saw it. from the moment that he handed that ball off that there was going to be an issue, and he had his eyes right on the play. I mean, that was that was heady, man. Yeah, very, uh, very heady play. But just just everything that, that happened here, and even... Even uh, I, I could feel it building towards the second half of, like, where's J.J.? He's kind of disappeared. <laughs> and then you kind of understood why as far as, like, the, the rest of the game went on. I, I'm just going to say he's probably tired. I mean, they leaned on him. They yeah. leaned on him hard. And then they came back to him in the third quarter. That big screen play was huge. Not not great success back into the running game. And that's where you saw it. You saw J.J. dipping a little bit. So what are you going to do? Well, we're going to call screens. And people are going to laugh and go, yeah, the Atlanta Falcons got beat on back-to-back screen passes towards the end there. But that's smart because what are the chances you're going to throw two screen passes in a row? And maybe it's dumb luck, or on maybe third, it's anything yeah, else. Yeah, one of them on a third and long too. Yeah, and then it's a it's a swing out to a jai. Everybody's there, and boom, boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> They were well, they were all on the drive continues and that was that was big that was huge. We talked about that in the pregame show. Atlanta allowed more receiving yards to running backs than any team in the NFL this year. You wouldn't think of it with their speed, but they're not good at defending running backs in the passing game. That was huge, huge, and we talked a lot. That's a full strength as well. And also the play where he threw it right at the feet there, like at a Jai's feet. That play didn't develop. Got rid of it. Like 
I, man, that second half from Nick Foles, that was the most confident we've seen Nick Foles in years here in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Better than the Giant game. I know the numbers weren't the same. I thought he had a better game today than he did in that Giant game. Uh, I mean, and then going to Alshon, just, just working that slant route over and over, and just the confidence in the throws, the confidence, that big throw to Alshon at the end of the first half. You saw it starting to develop. I, I I can't say enough about how impressed I was with Foles, his pocket awareness. And and again, I think it comes he back to Doug. He stepped, he stepped up stepped in the up. pocket. He did exactly what we yeah, he stepped up twice in to back-to-back plays. Yeah. They were like, whoa. But we said Foles was going to have to make some plays for this team to win this game. And he did. He and again, did. it goes back to Doug. And also, yo, yo, boys in the trenches. Yeah, you boys in the trap, both sides. Wow. But like the blocking schemes on offense, we said it that going into we're against a fast Atlanta defense. Get those guys to the second level. You saw Kelsey. You they're pulling you Lane. Jo- they're yeah. pulling Lane Johnson. They're getting him to the second level. Brooks to the second level. It was it was a masterful both from a scheme perspective and an execution perspective performance from the offensive line and that that scheme there from Peterson was just was just awesome yeah absolutely it was it was uh I mean it was it was a, it was an incredible game from an offensive standpoint and play calling and just getting everybody in uh, in the best position that they can now there was mistakes along the way but like you know it's uh I, I there there's not a lot of words other than just being really impressed you're just standing back and going like man I think when you even when you go back and look at some of the tape there um, you know, guys were getting wide open there in the first half. Unfortunately, Foles just didn't hit him. So. Yeah, like the Burton one. That was one. Yeah, like, big time. He was just a and, – and you know what? But he got comfortable. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the offense. I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat here. We know. The defense brought it today. Don't they worry. definitely we're, did. We're and, getting there. We're, and getting, we're there. getting there. I mean, Brandon Graham, man. I mean, to see that guy who has just bled for this city and killed for this city and gone through the rocky road that that guy's had to, to finally get here and to get to this spot and to win a playoff game for that guy to be such a monster. I mean, he he owned the fourth quarter. I, I mean, those plays at the end, that last drive, it was BG, just just the sack, the the uh, shoestring tackle in the backfield on the Freeman play that would have been a 40-yard yes. gain if he doesn't get his feet there. Uh, uh, just a, a masterful, awesome, awesome showing from the D-line, from Brandon Graham especially. Just, um, man, and late, it, too. Like, you know, you didn't really see BG early on, and yeah. you kind of wondered, like, all right, what are, you know, um, the, the pressure. Pressure was always there. Uh, during this game, I know mm-hmm. some people were, were commenting that it kind of went away, but it, it was definitely there. And I thought um, Jim Schwartz kind of dialed that up at the, the right oh, time with an all out like, McLeod blitz or a safety a, blitz. That oh. was. Um, and, he, and, and McLeod timed it like perfectly. perfectly. Yeah. And if you win on first down play. like that, you're, you're going to most likely win on third down. And they definitely did that. Uh, and yeah, just it looked all over the place. Like uh, Sarkeesian, again, just outmatched. I think today uh, they had a lot of opportunities to bang in there. Matt Ryan also just missing a wide open touchdown to his tight end where he was sitting and waiting and oh waiting and God. waiting and waiting. In Unbelievable! The, in the uh, you know in the first uh, when was that in the second quarter or whatever? It yeah, was. right. And right there, I mean that and that that was huge. Um, and you know you can just pick out uh, just a lot of times where the momentum just swung back and forth. And really after the first quarter. You know, there were some there were some iffy plays and people were gritting their teeth and the refs were just man, it's just to get it started where we're not great. Even even when plays weren't going uh the Eagles way there. I mean, just the uh you know, the the other thing about just the the punt uh that happened earlier on where it hit the result Douglas's foot and it goes off and you're mm-hmm. thinking they got all this momentum, it's gonna kill it. Um and they'd never allowed that to Kind of get in there and take over. I think it was oh, it was on that drive where Matt Ryan missed missed the yep. missed the touchdown and settled up for a field goal. But yeah, the the, the pacing of everything was just it was so random and so weird. Uh, and I'm just thankful that they let him play towards 
towards the end because uh, I don't think some of that stuff would have uh, stood in the first or second. They just weren't I consistent at all. I agree with you on that. And and Bill Vinovich, actually, his crew throws the least flags of any crew in the league by a fair amount, like three flags per game, a significant amount. Early on, those flags really weren't coming, and it seemed like a lot of the calls were, were kind of ticky-tack type stuff. Second half, it seemed like they really let him play, which is, was to the Eagles' advantage for yeah. sure. Uh, let's do, uh, for those that are listening live, obviously, we'll uh, let's hand out some game balls. I want to do a split between the coaches, uh, and we'll ask you for that. But let's go uh, Let's go. hearts for Nicky Foles if you thought he was uh, the MVP. We'll go likes for Brandon Graham. Uh, what else should we do? Wow for... Uh, the defensive line altogether. We'll just kind of well for Fletcher Cox. We'll say well yeah, for Fletcher Fle- Cox. I mean, so. and, and Fletcher, that's the kind of thing where and they pointed. I was really happy they showed that little package towards the end of the game because you know defensive interior defensive linemen. You don't always notice how much they're doing, especially in the run game. Fletcher Cox was an uh, an animal out there today, especially in the run game. He w- yeah. the reason Devonte Freeman had such a terrible day. A large part of that was Fletcher Cox. His domination on the interior. All their success running the ball was to the outside. Side. It was all those Tevin Coleman stretch type plays that, Which, by for the way, some reason, they didn't run every single play. It worked if, every time. If, if you listen to the Friday podcast and you heard Charles McDonald say, he's like, yeah, it's the most predictable thing in the world. If Coleman's in there, they're going to run to the outside. Yep. And literally, it is uh, every that's time. It. <laughs> and it worked every time. And I yeah. couldn't believe they, they would stop doing it. But, um, you know, they, they did enough, man. And, oh, my God, John. I mean, I don't remember a game that was so grinded out like so like emotions going back and forth the entire time I was just that whole fourth quarter was just on the edge of your seat it comes down to that fourth down play on the two yard line and you're just like you're dying inside you know you're dying and and just to actually have them pull it out and to have it not go the other way um, was just you know you you can't ask for a better way to pull this one out. Uh, and it's, <laughs> Sunday night football Lane, at Lane NBC. It. I didn't see this towards the end of the game, but uh, Lane Johnson, what a damn savage putting a dog mask on the thirty-five yard line as the game is ending, uh, representing the underdogs there. What a what an I amazing thing! I mean, I just, love it. Just from that, the the New York Post that literally had a, a, a you know its betting column this week saying. Uh, the there's no way the Eagles can win bet on it. And also the subtext growing up that Nick Foles was actually on the Falcons and not on the Eagles. <laughs> Just there was uh, you know 18 18 sports writers from uh, oh, from Sports it. Illustrated did not pick this Eagles team. Like there was literally yeah, 9 out of 11 ESPN insiders. All like it was everywhere you looked. And you know what? Even better, like you said, I it makes me so happy that 80% of the public lost money on this game. Like yeah. good. I'm so happy you lost money. I'm not rooting for anyone to lose money in this world, but you fucked up. You shouldn't have been yeah, on the Falcons. Bug. We knew it. We knew this team was not going to let that like we came in we're like you're getting disrespected. They knew it. Lane Johnson knew it. Fletcher Cox talked about it this they week. They all knew it. You don't come into your house and be disrespected like that. And you know what, John? The Super Bowl will go through Philadelphia. Yeah, I, I think there's... Uh, you it, cannot get to the Super Bowl unless you win in <laughs> Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, and people are people are saying, next... We yeah, lost that. Damn, and right. We, lost we did. Some, and listen, I definitely did too. I, yeah. I lost the. I lost a ton of faith as soon as Wentz went, uh, Wentz went down. And you, you absolutely know yeah. that happens. Um, you know, especially yeah. when it's just like, man, the mm. defense is falling ah. apart. This is why the regular season doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter. It comes down to these next couple of games here. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not sure. Again, I'm probably going to feel the same way. I'm going to doubt their chances if the Saints or the Vikings come here because. 
that was the matchup that they're you wanted. They're going to be an underdog again. Uh, they it, are going to mark my words. Whoever comes in here, whether it's Minnesota or New Orleans, we will be. They're going to be a dog again. again. So by the time Friday rolls around, I'm going to pick myself up and do the same thing and just become. You know what? Like just uh, enough with the takes. This is they. They've proven it once. Yep. They can prove it a second time. Uh, and then who knows what happens? It's still it's still up in the air with this entire NFL. Like you I mean, don't you look, don't John, look at what's happening already in these playoffs. We 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 know that th- it is the most unpredictable thing ever. If and- you take the mistakes away, if you take the mistakes from the first half away, the way this team played today, they can beat anyone like that. Yeah, they can beat anyone with that type of game, ball control. Defense and Nick Foles making some big throws for you, even if they're short throws, it works. Whatever, make the throws. Uh, you can beat any of these teams with that type of football game. The way those guys played tonight, you can win. Yes, absolutely. And the way the the defense came to play today, and uh, again with the uh, I, I even even let's let's look ahead here for just a just a quick second, and we'll come back to this game. Uh, Saints and and Vikings, like uh, it is. Sure, you worry about the Saints if they if they end up losing, they're on a hot streak or whatever. But this again, these are two teams that you're taking them out of their element. This is neutralizing it. This is uh, uh, you know, if it's the Saints, it's the second time that they're going to be on the road there. If it's the the Vikings, I don't think their their offense is that dynamic, and it's certainly less dynamic than what you saw. And it, it tends to be a little sloppy when it's Case Keenum out there. It tends to be a little sloppy when it's McKinnon or whoever. Now, their defense is obviously better, and that's going to present a challenge here. But, you know, I, uh, I I feel a lot better about their chances if that defense continues to come out each and every week. A hundred percent. Look, that D-line, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, those guys, we saw it tonight. We'll see it again. They can beat any offensive line in football. And Minnesota and New Orleans, especially, look, New Orleans has a really good offensive line. They lost Andrews Pete. Uh, fractured tip fibia. He's done for this season. They, you know, they're a good offensive line. They're beatable. Minnesota's an offensive line that played well this year, but played way above their heads what was expected of them. There are holes there. These are offenses that, you know, especially Minnesota's is beatable. The Saints defense is beatable. Um, you know, I, look, I think I'd rather play New Orleans still. I know it's Drew Brees and all that, but I think that, uh, you know, that offense on the road, in the cold, outside is you could stop that offense. And I think that, that the Eagles can score points against that defense. Minnesota, that defense is legit. Defense travels. That scares me a little bit. But like you said, they can shut that offense down. You could certainly win a 10-7, 14-13, whatever, 15-10 yeah. type of game against Minnesota. So, no, man, like there is like they'll be an underdog. But they can, they can get this team can absolutely one hundred percent get. Obviously, they're one game away. But like they can beat whoever comes in here. They absolutely can. Yes, yeah, I I'm starting to uh, kind of feel that way now too. And this is and and whatever you want to call it. I mean, if you want to call that first half, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a couple of people mentioning it now. Yeah, maybe it is a little bit of rust that that's wearing off. But that's yeah. why you would always choose rust. Over injury. I, well, it's funny. Always I, yeah. choose rust over injury. I didn't for even, the love of God. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about the rust. It's so funny. I called my wife at halftime, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, they just made mistakes, and it's not." She's like, "Well, they did just have a bye week," and yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, they did. I was like, they did. I didn't even, they did. I didn't even On think both of, sides, I, I was like, I, I "Oh yeah, right. They need I to didn't get even into think it. about right. that." So you hope that's what that was from because it was a very sloppy first half. But man, just the tough. Now, I mean, we talked a ton this season about this team as a team. The the guys in that locker room, how like how special it felt 
And that was that type of win tonight. That's Lane Johnson wearing an, a dog mask at the end and saying, yeah, you thought we were underdogs. We're coming at you. Like, this team, there is something special happening down there. Uh, you know, look, it doesn't always, special doesn't always lead to a title or whatever, but there is something special happening down there. And I believe that that group of guys believes they can win any game, any they time, to, James, anywhere. They told us. Exactly. Told us and that's the point. And that's this sport. If you believe you can go in and win anywhere and that 53-man roster is good enough, you can win anywhere. Yeah, and and look, I I don't I don't care if we were I, I don't it is not about being right at all in this thing, man. Like I don't I I would want to be the uh, light my takes on fire, put them on old takes I exposed. Don't I don't care at all. I care about how this team performs, and they certainly showed. And listen, in the towards the end, I was even starting to question it. Too. I was like, eh, maybe you need to put the the, the ball in Nick Foles' hands, <laughs> and uh, I could have been more wrong about that. The defense really. Uh, stepped up and showed strong, and you know, just ride the wave. I'm I'm done with expectations. And seriously, uh, Doug Peterson is a phenomenal coach. He's a great coach, man. You know how like this I, is I mean, this is this whew. is un. I mean, it's one thing to go in and just like you know, towards the end, everyone would have made an excuse. I certainly would have of, and it's not even excuse, but giving them a, a lot of reasons of why. Like, okay, you don't have to. Uh, you know, it's, there's there's not going to be any any calls for your job, and certainly like, oh, you know, we'll go get him next year with Carson Wentz and doing all this. The fact that he came out, and yeah, sure, you want to call it a little lucky against the Atlanta Falcons? Well, the Rams should have uh, should have prepared a little better. Totally Maybe they agree. shouldn't have rested starters on the last week when they could have had, uh, you know, a chance to go play for something. Um, this is this this shows you, uh, despite probably all of the infighting that happens. In any football locker room, with the same as you're looking at uh, what's happening in New England with that article coming out and doing all that stuff, they find on ways to win on game day. That's all they've proven at this point. Um, I'm good with whatever happens. Well, I don't care. I this mean- is, this was it. If you could show me this, then I know that the two things in this city are getting to the special stage, and I think it's it's time to start calling Doug Peterson. A special coach. Look what he did in his first playoff game, man. You know? Like we talk about players in their first playoff games, quarterbacks in their first playoff games. This was his as a head coach's first playoff game, and that dude brought it. Like brought it. Like from a play calling perspective, I think it might have been his best play calling game as Eagles head coach. He was that creative, that intelligent with the calls. Like there were a couple calls where you're like that was weird. 99% of the calls were just were perfect. He was masterful. I said that word. I really mean it. Doug Peterson was masterful today as a head coach. And, um, hey, I, I'm, I'm sure he's listening because I'm sure he listens to all of his. Michael Lombardi! Hey, Michael, what's up, buddy? Where you at, bro? Take <laughs> the L, buddy. Take uh, the L. Stop trying to help out your pal Jim Schwartz for Take once. Take hey? the L. Huh? Just, like, huh? How about just like the formerly employed Kean Fahey. Take the Bye. L. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, just uh, I, I'm I've been so impressed by Doug through how he's handled. Well, you all had him stuff. the whole time. I mean, I I was yeah. a Doug doubter. You always believed, and you were a hundred million percent right. And you know, a long time ago, it was like game three or game four. I was like, all right, I was wrong. I'll, I'll take the L. I was wrong. Doug Peterson's hell of a coach, and it has just been week after week after week. And then for this, in his first game as a head coach in the playoffs. To come out with Nick Foles as quarterback, coming off the weeks that we had yeah. with Nick Foles, the lack of confidence to have Don't find the, a way to win, to have the game that Doug had, and to have this team, other than the rust in the first half, to have this team just ready to play, and in that second half, the adjustments he made, I, 
like again, blown away. I'm so so impressed with Doug Peterson. Yeah, and not, and not even only that. And uh, you know, Billy's pointing that out here that the challenges were on point too. Yeah, terrific, I mean that man. was that was those were both two huge things that happened. Now, uh, granted, uh, the uh, the fourth and sixth play got converted, but. It gave him a chance to win the football game right there. It was monster. Uh, they they won it later on in the drive, and then just uh, you know, just the, the that attention to detail, I guess. And that's that's not just Doug. That's allowing his staff to go. Here's what I saw. Here's what oh, I got. Totally. So as much as we get upset about all the minutia of what happens, and yeah, I was upset with the timeout. Like I didn't understand the timeout with with uh, with Jake Elliott there, and maybe we'll get an answer on that. But um, that, but at least that he didn't kicked the field goal there. Yeah, that was the thing. The field goal, it was like you, you know what? And, and I'm all. We are all big fans of Big Balls Doug and all that. That was a spot where he should have kicked the field goal, and he kicked the field goal, and it made a difference because that five point lead. If they don't get that, Atlanta drives down the field. Matt Bryant's kicking a game winning field goal. They're not making a stop on fourth and two. So and not only that, the the biggest play of the game ended up being a fourth and one called a Garrett Blunt to the yeah. outside. Trey Burton, Trey man. Burton, man. Oh, Trey Burton. Not only w- that oh, was Trey Burton. We can't even call that a seal. We got to call that a I don't know a slobber knocker. That was that the was... best fullback block since John Ritchie Listen, in this man. city. I mean, that was uh, that was awesome at a position he doesn't play to lead out in fullback. I know he played at some in college and stuff. That was a man's block. Yeah, it, it was, was. The, the one guy who had to be stopped for it to be a touchdown. Got his full, you know, around and dove in and made the block. It was just, um, it was an awesome gutsy play. I loved it. Yeah, it was a, f- a phenomenal play, and the the fact that you know the the reason why I, I knew that they really couldn't just completely dump their offense, and uh, that was the biggest talking point. Do you think they're going to come up with something new? And no, there'll be wrinkles, and he established wrinkles, and he put some different things in there. He, you know, he, I, I even on that. Said drive, like uh, first down, everybody's thinking, well, you're going to run the ball here. He branches the two tight ends out. He tries something mm-hmm. different. Now, I think if it was Carson Wentz, it was probably a <laughs> touchdown, but when it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The fact that you, you're you not being predictable, even though your team and your roster right now looks predictable. And in spots where you had to be predictable, it didn't matter because they said, fuck you, we're running anyway, and they did. <laughs> yep. They controlled that from the opening get-go, and that's what they're going to have to do Pressing forward here, if they want to advance, they cannot relent at any point and say, okay, we have to change our mentality nope. on these close plays. We have to change our mentality on this or that or the other. You can't just have Nick Foles not throw. And the fact that he goes and adjusts and says, RPO, move the tempo. This is Make simplified. Him feel comfortable. One, one read, get him going. You don't need deep shots because we've already seen one. You know, like take one deep shot and then paper cut him to death. And that was. Everything that we ask for about the Atlanta Falcons, um, uh, make it so it's quick, but also that the drives are sustainable and they're long. Yeah, man. Well, and more, more time of possession doesn't mean not not being aggressive because they were very aggressive and they just wore down that defense. And by the time Garrett Blunt gets in there, he's finishing. He's yeah. finishing. He's finishing. And that's exactly what the plan from from the the jump. It was great. And some big third down throws from Nick Foles too, man. Like Ertz with that huge catch on third too. Uh, I, and again, uh, we mentioned it before. I, I want to get back to it really quickly. Like. That was as loud as I have heard the link on television before. We weren't down there. For those of you who were, you know better than I do, but you guys showed up, man. Like, that that stadium mattered tonight. It was a home field advantage. And all the talk about don't boo, this and that. There was a boo once, and it was because that asshole for the Falcons was laying on the ground. He was totally fine and whatever. Brooks, whatever. That was, like, this fan base showed 
up for this game, and they they made yeah, clap a, it up for yourself. They made MVP a you made, right a, there. you made a difference. Like that, you made a legitimate difference. That in this crowd game. wanted death. Yeah, buddy. During that timeout, that, oh. that 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 third and six, they wanted death, yeah. and that's what it needs to sound like every time. See, they, that was they, awesome. That was the D was feeding off the you loudest like, I've ever heard that stadium. Loudest Easily. I've ever heard that stadium. And, and the D was feeding off it. Like those guys, like before the fourth down play at the end, like they're jumping around, they're throwing their arms in the air, like that. All of it all played a role, man. Like. Like that, that, like I can't get over how proud I am of this city, of this fan base, with all the talk the last two weeks, all the issues we've had with Foles and with the booing and the kind of being divided almost yeah. and the decisive, you know, divisiveness in this fan base. You guys played a monster role. They Huge. don't, they don't win that game without you guys. Not a chance. There. Not that a was, chance. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, and yeah, some people coming uh, commenting in there and. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, right? Like, look at the perspective on the last time, and we talked about this this morning. The last time that the Eagles had won a playoff game uh, was 2008, and it was 2006 when they had won one at home. The last time they were in the playoffs, Nick Foles was there. No one expected Nick Foles to start a playoff game. They're there. And what were some of the things that helped them? Chip Kelly place. <laughs> How funny is you that? You know, that's so funny. You it's take Chip ironic. Kelly. It's It's the you, definition of irony right there. You take Chip Kelly. And you put it with a better coach, and that's the result. That's exactly what. The ideas were always great, and it was never just honed or crafted. or you know, It was never made to the NFL level. That's what it looks like at the NFL level. Yeah. And that's, that's to me, that was just looking back and I'm like going, oh, my God. And there was a point where you know the Falcons looked like they were going to score towards the end, and you're starting to think that way. Like, oh, my God, it's like a carbon copy of what <laughs> happened against the Saints. Please, God, don't do this. Uh, and... And then uh, it just got flipped, and that's that's all due to coaching and things like that too. Uh, and again, I don't want to leave Jim Shorts out of the conversation. Oh here. yeah, no, great, this, great job. I mean, as as much as you started scratching your head on that opening drive, and we always tend to forget, and I especially do too, and I overreact and I go, "Well, that looks like a lot of Swiss cheese," and that's not not a good way to start this one, especially against a an inferior. Uh, offensive coordinator, but that's what happens. Those things get scripted. They march down. They bended. They didn't break. Uh, again, just the the timing of that one blitz by McLeod was phenomenal. Perfect. The defensive line played uh, played great. Um, there was not, and that's the thing. This was a game where you you can't let Julio Jones beat you. He was held under a hundred yards. Yep. That's that's pretty spectacular for the athlete that he is. There was a point in time where I just go, oh man. They are going to paper cut this Eagles defense to death by just putting Julio in the slot and 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 just keep throwing it to him. They neutralized that. Now they they got lucky in in a couple of spots, but they also had a lot more plays on the board than they were lucky. Uh, phenomenal job by Schwartz today. Yeah, they created their own luck more than got lucky. Obviously, a few plays here and there, but um, it's funny because the 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 first drive you feel that way, and then the last drive you feel that mm-hmm. way, and obviously tightened up and made the big plays at the end there. But that last drive was the first time all game since. Since that first drive where I'm like, what's going on right now? Why is Julio wide open on these plays? But they tightened up. Um, they didn't break, and they didn't break in the most important spot in the game. And Schwartz dialed it up at the right times. He really did. He got pressure when needed. Um, was able to, like you said, that that McLeod blitz was just a, a, a master stroke of genius. It was a great, perfect call in that spot and a huge play in that game. And, you know, he, he did a great job at the rotation. He had the right guys in there when needed. Um, you know, Matt Ryan didn't look comfortable in the pocket all game long. Obviously, he made some really nice plays when he wasn't comfortable. But, you know, what do you have, like 150, 160 passing yards? Like, they they really were able to shut down this Atlanta offense. Ten points. Ten points. 
points and they turned the ball over three times in the first half. Yeah. Like it is it is it is miraculous what they were able to do against a very, very talented offense. Granted, I think Steve Sarkeesian, I mean Jim Schwartz. Man. I said it before and it happened. Jim Schwartz owned Steve Sarkeesian's soul. Yeah, he and did. it was he a really beautiful did. thing. But I mean to to look at the talent that offense has and see what this D did, uh, you know, bravo. Yeah, Java. exactly. In in a, a team that just relies on that talent over and over again, and they just kind of threw away their scheme. I mean, that's what it's the difference between having the most scoring pro, uh, prolific offense in the uh, in the league one year to what you're seeing now. And it's uh, yeah, that was. Um, Kyle Shannon's a smart bad. guy. Yeah, Kyle Shannon's, <laughs> Shannon's going to be a good coach. Oh, look, he gets a quarterback and wins his last <laughs> yeah. five straight games. That's oh, amazing. All right. uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Yo, know, Rich checking in saying, I'm pretty sure on that third and sixth play, I stuck my head out the window. I could hear the guys at the link. That is awesome. You know, I'm 5,000 miles away. Absolutely. Brendan Ekstrom, our good friend, our yes! gu- the uh, guitarist from uh, Circus Survive, the best rock band. Uh, that is uh, come out of Philadelphia. I uh, I feel good because of sports. What is this feeling? It's yeah, weird, I, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, although the uh, the Sixers lost to Boston and London, and we all kind of expect that was coming. The January magic is here. Thank God, and we it's needed weird. this so badly. I mean, John, we let's put it this way: we we this is the and granted for a lot of people, this is the first time you and I have ever gotten to recap a playoff victory. In yeah. the entire time we've been doing BGN Radio, we have never talked to each other after That's the right. Eagles won a playoff game. Like how, how cool? Four is that years, game? four years. Gang. Jeff Garcia was the last time we won a playoff game in this city like Jeff Garcia was the quarterback of this team I, I'm just man like I was it was almost like too much at the end like I'm kind of like giggling and like borderline welling up and like you almost forgot how good it feels and and how awesome it is to watch your team perform in this stage of the NFL season and and to win a game like that and the way they won it and and just how close it was and how you know you're on the verge of losing and on the verge of everything being awful and to close it out just um it's awesome man yeah and there is a uh a a uh so we're getting clarification on on peterson in the timeout anyway because i was just curious it's coming from ed kratz uh from uh, the eagles wire uh, peterson said he really did consider going for that touchdown on on the fourth quarter drive before settling for the field goal quote elected to take some time and talk out a little more so Thank uh, good. God. Good okay. for you, That's bro. Fine. That's a well, good justification. Said, yeah, like, hey, yeah. let's talk about it. All we said was take the penalty because Elliot, you know, it's probably better anyway. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I, look, uh, that's really smart. That's the type of thing where he's not going right off and he's, he knows it's a monster decision in the game. And look, again, that decision theoretically could have won them the game because if they get stopped there, if they don't get in the end zone, it's a two-point game and... Do you think that Atlanta offense could have moved the ball close? Because they certainly did, granted, not from the two-yard line, but they got down. Matt Bryant's a great kicker. You don't have to get that far to give him a chance. Um, I, I thought that was absolutely the correct decision to kick the field goal there, and I'm really happy he did it. Uh, some other quotes coming in, again, uh, from a good friend, Teron Davenport, where you can listen to the Next Level podcast yes. on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning. Nelson Aguilar said they did have that counterplay uh, that he broke for 21 yards in uh, in the playbook. And they found the perfect time to break it out. So that, and you, you did see that back in OTAs and in training camp. You saw a lot of different motion stuff that was happening. I was always wondering what happened to those things. It's like, yep. when are they going to bust that up? I know. Oh, for the playoffs. There it is. Yeah, okay, buddy. there we go. So uh, uh, also uh, from uh, Jimmy Kemsky, 
Uh, Brandon Graham saying that the Eagles knew it was a sprint out uh, on the pre-snap on that final fourth down oh, wow. play. They, wow. So there is your film room nerds. Yeah, because they were uh, on it. You could tell there. they were They knew all exactly what it. was happening. That's, That's awesome. why there was just chaos in the end zone, which it's is awesome. Most of the time it works out okay. Shout except, out to Jim Schwartz again. Yeah, again, that's uh, that, that's just well, attention it, to detail there. Uh, yeah, well, you know what? It reminded me of an obviously a smaller scale, but it felt like the situation felt like the Malcolm Butler Super Bowl play. Like it felt like that play where it's like, all right, Seattle's going to score and win this game. Oh no, New Orleans, er, New England's defense just made a play that that they should have never. They just knew what was coming and they made a play. It felt like that same type of situation, and and the Eagles D just made a fucking play. Yeah, they did. They absolutely did. Uh, some more stuff coming in. Uh, Dave Zan- uh, Zangaro from uh, NBC Sports Philly, uh, which is so weird to say. Still, uh, oh, a bunch of a bunch sounds of, familiar, huh? <laughs> a bunch of Eagles. Say that they used the idea of being disrespected all week, and we hmm. knew that. Some told me that they are looking forward to being underdogs yes. once again in the NFC Championship Let's game go. next week, which we fully expect it to happen. They'll it doesn't underdogs. matter. They will be underdogs. They'll be underdogs. Vegas already said that they would be underdogs coming into this week if they advanced uh, no matter who won up there. Uh, so let's talk about that real quick before we wrap things up. Who do you want to see? I want to see New Orleans. And it's not unequivocally. Like, I want to see the New Orleans Saints in here. Obviously, because Nick Foles deserves his revenge. But besides that, <laughs> I, like that. Um, yeah. I just, for me, when I look at this playoff field, the, the single unit that I feel the most confident will show up every single game and really bring it is the Vikings defense. Mike Zimmer is is a he's a really good coach, especially a defensive coach and I want uh, you to complete that. Let's let's ask the crowd to like for the Saints and you're with James or would you love to see Minnesota? Sorry. Yeah. Mike. No, 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 you're good. I um the other thing too, I heard Robert Mays talk about this this week on the Ringer, but the concept that Mike Zimmer's defenses dictate to offenses instead of taking what the offense gives them and reacting. Um it's really fun to watch what those guys do pre-snap, getting ready defensive reads like Harrison Smith's like a psychopath out there like you don't even know what he's doing and all of a sudden he's always in the right space so for me uh i would much rather see new orleans here a a, a dome team with a proven history of not playing nearly as well outside on grass give me that team here i know we can stop the run we could shut down that running game or at least you know uh, more than most teams could and I think that they can score on this New Orleans defense. We saw it happen last week. Cam Newton and the Panthers put up a hell of a fight against them. They did. And and the, if you look at New Orleans' numbers, the last month and a half, the defense has not been the same. Everyone talked, oh, the New Orleans defense is back. Not as much over the last part of the season. Uh, again, lost to Tampa Bay at the end where they, they needed, theoretically, to, to clinch a home game that game. Um, I, I am. I am. It's very handily, I would much rather play New Orleans than, than Minnesota. I wanted to ring the bell on you. Can't. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Can't do it. And I know that they made a thing. And and people that are saying the Vikings right now. It seems pretty even. Listen, it it, it makes sense. I think there's a healthy debate in between the two of who who you want to see. But for the exact same reasons that James has already said. Now, uh, I'm certainly not saying that that Freeman and and Coleman are comparable to what they have with Ingram, Ingram and Kamara. But that's the strength of it. Um, certainly Drew Brees and Michael Thomas scare the hell out of me, as mm-hmm. they should with everyone else. But um, I, I, if you look at this close enough uh, from what you saw there offensively, it is a terrible matchup against the Vikings. It really is. Like, like the, They are a legitimately very scary defense. You can move the ball on the Saints. Um, and I'm not saying that it's impossible to move it on the Vikings, but it's certainly a much better defense. Um, they play real sound. They're really, 
really, really well coached. Again, they'd be coming out of the same elements, too. Uh, anything is good when you're in Philadelphia, but um, yeah, the, the Saints out of there, uh, and for the reasons that you said, too, because I think people are scared of the Saints at this point. I think mm-hmm. people are looking at the Saints as the, the NFC representative, and what better way to shut it down than to have Nick Foles not win one, but two playoff games. It's with against the Saints, and yep. you know, I know it would feel weird, but it would be hilarious if the Patriots had to pass the torch or Ben Roethlisberger had to pass the torch over to Nick Foles oh. for a Super Bowl. And you know what? Like, I know people kind of feel weird about it. And, you know, Fritzy's even said a little bit. He's like, I want my first time to feel special. And obviously, uh, there's, uh, 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 there, uh. there's grains of salt in there. No, 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 no. I want the Eagles to win in the silliest, dumbest, sloppiest That's the way, way I possible. I always thought it would happen. And just out say, of nowhere. screw it. And just do whatever. And yeah, who cares? I just want a fucking Super Bowl. <laughs> that would be, That's a better story than anything. Yeah. I don't care if they sign Jeff Garcia, 47 year old Jeff yeah. Garcia. I don't care if they sign anyone on the planet to play quarterback. Nate Sudfeld, I don't care. I just want to win a Super Bowl. It's all that matters. Like, I need it desperately. My soul needs it. We all need it. Uh, I'm with you. And and again, to the New Orleans-Minnesota uh, thing, I get the concept of just saying, well, Drew Brees versus Case Keenum. I get it. I totally do. It's not as simple as that. And and for what it's worth, I think that the name Case Keenum, and again, we got to see how the guy plays in the playoffs, first playoff start tomorrow, all that, but the name Case Keenum and the, the image that people have of Case Keenum is not what he was this year. For what it's worth, Case Keenum had a great season for Minnesota. He was very, very good. The touchdown interception numbers are terrific. He doesn't make mistakes in the same way, and he's got some some legs a little bit. Like, he can make a play when needed. He can get out of stuff. He can make something happen from nothing. Again, I'm not saying Case Keenum's a great quarterback or anything like that. He's better than people think he is. And more so, he's got legit weapons. That yes. offense is no slouch. I mean, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Latavius Murray, Jarek McKinnon, they can play. So it's not a pushover. I know it's the whole like, and shout out to the people in the chat with the awesome, uh, you know, case of beer, Keenum, suitcase, Keenum, just in case, Keenum. Yeah, all that you're, type of you're, stuff. you're only you're only you know, no, prolonging that's after his punts, my, That's so. after my own heart. I yeah. love all of you people, uh, but uh, uh, for me at least, uh, I'm I'm more worried about that Minnesota D than anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is yeah because they. Uh, they have the better Kendrick's brother. But we'll just leave that there. There's there's not a, a lot of room for it today. And I just got to say, no matter what happens from here on out, like imagine um, what's going to happen when they are fully healthy. When I don't even know at this point if, you know, the, the great thing that I took from this, even just looking past and even past this season, um, they can do anything that they want in the draft. Yeah. I haven't been able to say that in a long time. They, a can, point, they can just go, you know what? Um, Carson's going to still cover up a lot of holes if he stays healthy. Certainly you can, you can develop a, a left tackle now because Big V, who we haven't mentioned this entire podcast, was really good today. Uh, yep. And he's been really and he's good been today. Good over the second half of the season. I know that, like, we don't talk about that's, him a that's lot. The, and that's I had to the Stoutland too. Yes. Like that whole oh thing from God. last year to now, yep. and himself. Like he, he deserves a, a, most of the credit. And there. I think getting the reps last year really helped him this year. You know, I mean, all that matters. But yeah, man, I think Big V has been one of the more underrated players for this team. He has really, really stepped up. A couple huge blocks. He was getting to the second level a little bit uh, today, too. Yeah, he was. Just, um, yeah, man. I, I think and he he'll can, progress and he grow, can be, hopefully. He can, be a, he can be an NFL uh, starter, for sure. And then, but like you said, sure, they can go get a tackle. They can go get, There's no holes anymore. Like, linebacker, you're not going to take a, usually a linebacker in the first round, but maybe you look at that, depending on the Bradham situation. But there is there is nothing you look at this team and say, oh, we need that. There's nothing. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, remember the yeah. cornerback situation last year, the, the skill player position, all, they fixed it all in an offseason. I mean, Howie Roseman has had a, a amazing run here. Him and Joe Douglas, the two of them, have really done an amazing job of putting this roster here. Again, the fact that Carson Wentz is gone and this roster is going to the NFC Championship game, I mean, yeah. that is that is a testament to what they put together from a 53-man perspective. The depth, the talent, again, and we talked about it a ton. They lost Wentz, but they also lost their, their Hall of Fame left tackle. It was the heart and soul of the yeah. team. They lost the... Uh, you know Darren Sproles, who was the the biggest mismatch that they had on offense. They lost their defensive signal caller. I mean, it is amazing how this team is held up, and it really, really a lot of the credit has to go for how they built this team, and that they have so many good players and so much depth. It's really it's wild, man. It's yeah. wild what it is. And the the other thing are uh, it just just looking ahead too is just like the thing about this game that I learned. Um, and you had said it at the top of the show, like this team is so good that when Carson Wentz comes back here, they're going to fuck so many people <laughs> up. They really are. This is going to be a nightmare. It's awesome. It, and that's that, that now I'm, I'm like, the, like I was saying, I'm already drowning in euphoria because this is all I really wanted to see. I was like, how good is Doug Peterson? How good is he? He's really good. Proved it tonight <laughs> how good really he is. He's really good. I've at, we've asked all season, how good was Carson Wentz? How good can Nick Foles be? I can get that for four quarters instead of two. Super Bowl. <laughs> you can get that for four quarters. You're going to the Super Bowl. I think so too. And that's 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 what you know. We're hoping that light stays on. That it's not rust. Like it's it's Jack Fritz waving in the background there. He's pumped up. Um, I, I feel great. Like this this team is is awesome. No matter what happens from here out, they've played their asses off. I don't want to hear any excuses about, well, it was only the Falcons or it was only this. Then then tell the Rams to win a fucking playoff game. Then tell everybody else to, to you know, keep doubting. I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I was doubting that thing since the Giants have come back around to it because of how the defense has played, because of how these guys keep digging in. Fine. If they need the motivation from bad takes, take them, man. Take them. Like, I am, I'm, I'm really excited uh, to see what happens uh, uh, tomorrow, because we're yeah, gonna, we get we get to sit well, back and be like, who, yeah. who we plan? I, you can <laughs> save the draft breakdown tape for next week because we're gonna just stay oh. right here. So awesome. I'm 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 really pumped. Final thoughts, James. Uh, like you just said it, John. Like I said it before. I said it to you on our drive to the parking lot today, Jetro. Oh, by the way, again next week we're gonna be a Jetro lot for the NFC Championship game. Boom! As what John Gentile called, not he only did. that, but said Jones was going to fold in this game. He did. And he, he did. did. He did. Shout he out to did. sales guy John. Had a great, great call there. And again, we will be there for that. And um, just I said that to you on the way down to the latte. I said, man, if we can win this game, we get to sit back and watch all those other losers play for the rest of this weekend. And we just get to sit back and know we are one of the final four. We are one of the last four teams playing with a chance to win the Super Bowl. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And again, I know I said it before. I know I've said it multiple times. I have to say it again. This fan base, man. This fan base, we're going to do it again next week. You guys are going to bring it. But the Eagles fan base legitimately had an effect on on the Eagles winning a game today. That is fucking awesome, guys. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So, um, good luck, Dallas. Because <laughs> if, if these motherfuckers are winning playoff games, what are you doing? Yes. Guess what, Giants? You better, you better hope Matt Patricia works out or whatever dumb fuck you're going to hire up there with Dave Gettleman once you draft Saquon Barkley, which, listen, I know people are telling me, that's crazy, they're going to draft a quarterback. Just remember this moment in this tree together. There is Please be right. so much 
work ahead for the rest of the NFC East. You better hold on to Kirk Cousins because that's your only hope. And it's like a catch-22 because he's not that good. You can pay him $40 million, though, if you want. So uh, I'm not saying dynasty, and I'm certainly not saying that there can't be a lot of things that change in the off- next offseason. But, man, this this team is great. This fan base has been phenomenal. It was great today, and it's going to continue on, man. I, I love it. That's going to wrap it up for BGN Radio 293. Thank you to our sponsors, Clip It. Go uh, check them out on Twitter, at Clip It TV. And, of course, uh, we will probably have more DraftKings stuff going on this weekend. With the, the four games started, there's nothing wrong with a little two-gamer on Sunday for a little Hell tourney. Yeah. So DraftKings.com, use the promo code BGNR. Your first deposit uh, gets you a free tourney, which uh, we'll be playing tomorrow. So uh, that's going to wrap it up. It's weird that it's on a Saturday and we're still more football to be had. I'm John Barchard oh, for James Seltzer. This has been... BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. We'll see you guys. Listen, 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 listen.